Welcome to the MBG Podcast. Let's fire everybody. Welcome, everybody, to episode number 32 of the Message Board Geniuses Podcast. This is Who's. We've got Casey join MBG in the studio. Thought we'd kick things off again this week with a little college baseball talk. Super Regionals wrapped up last weekend. Now College World Series is set. Casey, did you catch any of the Supers, or are you out on college baseball now that Clemson's out? Uh, baseball season ended last week. Who's <laughs> I should have listened to MBG when he's talking about this balls and sticks thing. I don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> no, it's, it's awesome, man. It, it, Super Regionals were great. There was a lot of really good games, a lot of devastating ways to lose games. See Texas, Stanford. Oh. <laughs> was, you know, your boys lost game one and came back and just absolutely put it on Duke. And LSU was battling all those all those weather, weather <laughs> I mean, it just, which in my mind is great. I think it's absolutely wonderful that these games are, are delayed. And I know it's not good for fans, but it extends the day. Yeah. So like, you know, that Duke Virginia game was on at noon, that LSU game. I know joy, we were asleep, but that LSU game lasted, you know, all the way up until about 10 30, 11 o'clock my time. It was just, it was wonderful. Cause it is my favorite sport of the year. I did actually. I did actually go to sleep. Um, I thought they weren't going to play it. I really thought they weren't. I saw. Play it. I saw that tweet that you sent. Yeah, <laughs> I thought they weren't going to play out. it. So yeah. I was like, I'm going to bed. And you know what? I got a good night's sleep, and I woke up a winner still. So it really worked out in my favor. You said. Yeah, you sounded like Kenny Powers right there. Just woke up a winner. Woke up like a winner. That. Woke <laughs> up a champ. So Casey, I'm going to put you on the spot, man. So who are you rooting for in the College World Series? You can only pick one team. If I can only pick one team. I was down to two. I was down to two, actually. And it was between LSU, because they're playing Tennessee, and Wake Forest. And I'm going to go Wake Forest. I just think. Traitor. Traitor. Just... Traitor. <laughs> At least you made the final two. Traitor. I no. don't give a flying you know what. I need to be changed on the side of the screen that we're recording. There is, I, no... I, there is no longer an alliance here. <laughs> there has been no number one team or number one seed to ever win or not ever, to win the College World Series since 1999, the University of Miami. So my pick will probably lose, but I just I just like the Wake team a lot. Yeah, they haven't been since, like, what, the 50s or 60s, right? Or am I making that up? Yeah, I feel like first time Wake since hasn't they been won in a long time. They yeah. won it in, like, 59, I believe. Yeah. All right, so, Joy, you had some stuff to celebrate. You know, they're really – they're just really good, and – they figured out their bullpen issues, which is really nice to see. There was a lot of questions going into the SEC tournament about whether LSU had the bullpen to do it, and they've they've navigated it and figured out, you know, who our closers are and who our who our two and three guys are. And it really helps when you have the best pitcher in the country on your team. He was named the Player of the Year today, Paul Skeens. He's just absolutely phenomenal, and I'm excited to, you know, kick Tennessee's butt just one more time. Like it, it never you guys gets old. Play first. 
Yeah, we'll play Tennessee first. first. Yep, yeah. on primetime Saturday night, which will keep me up past my bedtime, but I will stay awake. Did they play in the regular season? <laughs> yep, and we dominated their ace, which is why they're pitching their number two on Saturday. They announced that today, and without a doubt, pitch Paul Skeens, because I think two and three guys could beat whoever is we would end up playing. It's looking like it will be Stanford, but who knows? If you know Casey gets his way, it might be Wake. I don't. I haven't actually looked at the bracket because I just think LSU is going all the way. Um, I just know me and who's on opposite sides, and that is really in everyone's best interest. Yeah, that's so, right. <laughs> it. Works out really, really well for us. I don't know. It could have been good content, y'all. Well, no, so no, right? and I don't need anything to ignite the fire. We're on a really <laughs> great path right now. We're really getting along. We're vibing. We're like really on on stride let's not do anything to mess it up <laughs> all right mbg have you have we swayed you to watch any of the stickball yet or not um i have not yet been persuaded <laughs> i'm just upset that i can't listen to people from southern miss and tennessee call each other illiterate hillbillies anymore so i mean it really wild, was like man. the the battle of the rednecks versus the hillbillies parents That's- getting thrown out Crazy. That's the one thing that had me almost on board for this baseball stuff, and now it's over. So, no, I'm not on board. <laughs> are you, you, not yet. Yeah, who are you, you going to root for, MBG? Um, are the Dodgers playing? <laughs> 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 Who's the Whoever the best team is, that's who I'll cheer for. Uh, well, Wake it's Forest is Wake. number one team. I like Wake oh, Forest. Boy, I love Wake Forest. I love the Deacons. So – my one of my favorite things that I saw after the super regional was our buddy Snoopy Sparty, the Michigan State fan. I don't know if y'all saw this, but there's the Twitter thing going around where it says, without Googling, name a famous battle. And he put up a picture of the Texas logo and then a picture of a stadium light, which I just thought was <laughs> yeah, I mean, it was it it blew up. So I but yeah, so bad my, for that kid. Yeah, I, it sucked. I mean, because he made he had just gunned somebody at third, like the inning before, on a great throw. It's a devastating way to lose. Yeah, no, it sucked. But yeah, so we we knocked out Duke. I was a little worried after we dropped the first game five to four, and then we just stomped them out the next two games. So got Florida first. Who's going to be? I think it'll be a tough matchup for us. But I mean, we score a ton of runs. I think we have the highest batting average in the country. We have we don't have an ace. We have three probably number two guys. So we'll see. I mean, I know when we won it in 2015, I think we played Florida first and they were way better than us. and We beat them. So we'll see what happens. But either way, I'm just happy we made it there. And I like our side of the bracket. I think Joyce, I think LSU has a tougher side than we do. But, you know, I'll take whatever I can get at this point. MBG might be snoring after I say this, but it, that all it takes is a lot of arms, not necessarily yeah. the best arms. It just takes a lot of arms to get this through this next two weeks. I mean, our, somebody, should, we somebody should sign up an octopus to play then. <laughs> <laughs> that is, we've done 32 episodes. That's by far the best dad joke that we've had. 32 episodes. That was horrible. I don't and even know. <laughs> And even pause for comedic effect, just like I do with my kids. That was perfectly executed. MBG's like, I have nothing to contribute to this conversation. Need to make a joke. (laughs) (laughs) All right. So I'm sure we will revisit this next week, I'm sure, regardless of how this thing shakes out. 
All right, so we, we skipped the mailbag last week, so we thought we'd get back to it this week. Uh, this week's question comes to us from our friend at Five Foot Nothing Pod, who's celebrating a birthday today, I believe. That's why we thought we'd give him a shout-out. So here's his question for you guys. The MBG Pod is starting a band. What's the name of the band? And who is the lead singer, lead guitar, bassist, and drummer? And then the caveat is Casey can't be the singer because that's too easy and not fair. <laughs> so, any thoughts? That caveat. <laughs> I'm going I'm to need to call my boy out on that one. <laughs> well, I don't think I can play any instrument whatsoever. Um, you can't uh, just beat on a drum? Casey, I mean, could I hit the drum with sticks? Yes, I could. I, I certainly could do that. I um, actually had you as the drummer. And I can tell you why, because you don't love being out in front, but you kind of keep the show on pace, right? That's kind of what the drummer does. So I did actually have MBG on the drums. I don't know if that works for you or not. That would probably have to be me. I think you nailed it. All right. I could keep going. I had Casey, I had Casey going, playing bass. I, I'm, I'm baffled. Yeah, I'm clueless. I'm trying to think of names. Playing. That's yeah, Casey I'm playing bass. Well, the name has got to be D's Nuts, I think. Mm -hmm. I, I can't think of a I will. Name. I You will lose a member. I will not subject myself to that. Well, what if it was Absolutely spelled G-N-U-T-Z? No. Gnuts? Or MBG and the Corn Dogs? Would that work for you? Or is that... <laughs> Better than that. The Angry Corn Dogs? Wake Helen Keller? <laughs> but, or would it have to be faux Helen Keller? I was going to propose the Arbiters of Dumassery, but <laughs> that's, that's a good one too. That's like a metal name. I kind of like that. <laughs> so I, the reason I had Casey on bass, because bass players are usually cool. And also the band will totally fall apart with Joy and me fighting over who gets to be lead singer. <laughs> I was kind of thinking it would be more like the Black Eyed Peas and Joy would be Fergie. And like, we were just kind of, you know. I would love that because she also went off and had her own career yeah. by herself, which like well. happens, happens a lot on this podcast. I just go off on tangents and y'all <laughs> We're already breaking up as a group. Well, he's smoking just, over us. Yeah, he's underestimating the size of my ego. That's the problem. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe we can finally make enough money so that MBG will face reveal, you know, on one of these podcasts. <laughs> Uh, I don't know. It, it would have to be like the gorillas or something, like never show our face. Yeah, Marshall. <laughs> um, I don't have a lot going for me. I've got to show my face. I mean, you do whatever you want to do, Joy. I'll be uh, back with like some furry. This will be the Joy, you. the Joy and her minions. That's the name of the band. Joy and the furries. I'm not sure I'm on board with that. <laughs> That's a good question, though. Yep, I like that one. All right, so that brings us to our weekly segment, Genius of the Week. As always, each of us is going to nominate a player, coach, team, conference, someone who did something particularly ridiculous in the last week. We'll put it to a Twitter vote and see who wins. Last week, my nominee of Zion Williamson got 67% of the vote. I think I'm on a three-game winning streak here, if I'm not mistaken. Followed by Joy's nominee, Scotty Pippen, with 15%. MBG's nominee, Grumpy LSU fans, got 14%. So I've now Either. got seven. Yeah, I've got seven wins. Casey has five. Joy has four. And MBG, you're now 0 and 16, which puts you in company of the 2008 Lions, 
in the 2017 <laughs> Browns, which I think raises the question, most incompetent leader, Rod Marinelli, Hugh Jackson, or MBG? <laughs> well, that's going to be decided tonight, I think. <laughs> well done, Hoos. Well done. All right, Casey, who, who do you have lined up for us this week? Well, I have one that I think I'm going to go with, and then I have another petty one. So I may may throw them both out there, but I'll only have one to vote. My genius of the week that's non-petty is the Georgia football team and driving. So outside of this major tragedy that happened in January, they've had at least 10 other major moving violations since then. Like, figure it out, boys. Figure it out. I don't even have much else to say on it. My petty one is Southeastern Conference fans. Woo-woo! SEC! And the ESPN teaming up to do a schedule reveal a year and three months before one game is played. They haven't played the 2023 season yet, and yet we know that Texas is playing Alabama in September 16, 2024. Like, who do you think you are, SEC fan? The best. The best. The Listen, best. I will say, though, this is this is why it is different, man. Every chat I'm in on Twitter, like every post I saw was about the SEC, uh, 2024 SEC schedule. I mean, it's, it's crazy. Yeah. yeah. Uh, it's, I mean, it's crazy how much content came out of that, so – I agree with you, but also, man, they 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 are invested in this well, stuff. It just so petty. means petty. more. Yeah. <laughs> well, they keep us talking. I mean, we'll talk right. about it later, but they yep. keep us talking. All right, Joy, who do you have this week? I would just like to point out that that's the second time Casey's nominated me. This time he didn't use my name, but he still technically <laughs> nominated me. Um, Bad enough he's not rooting for you in the College World I'm Series, right? Flatter, Casey. Okay, I kind of have two, two, and I couldn't decide which one, so I'm going to do a petty and a non-petty. I guess this is going to be a theme. Sorry, MBG, we didn't clear this with the boss. We're just making the rules now. I guess that makes me the lead singer. My first one that's non and that's non-petty is um or is petty they're both petty who am i kidding i'm a petty little bitch. um is fight on rusty his twitter account he literally tweeted a picture of oklahoma players and oklahoma coaches and it says oklahoma really surrounds their recruits with lincoln riley trophies and it literally has all of these recruits in this picture but a bunch of trophies that none of the coaches in the picture had any say in winning i think that's absolutely hysterical that Vittables. I mean, he's just got nothing. It's just all Lincoln Riley trophies. But my real genius of the week is the NCAA. We've kind of touched on this already. But LSU was slated to play at 2 o'clock on Saturday afternoon, which for me, the grandma of the group, the one that goes to bed at 8 p.m. before the sun has gone down, was thrilled about this this time. And I, I'm ready to watch the game. I check the weather because I want to make sure that the game's on time and everything like that. Beautiful skies, clear skies, everything like that. Sunny. I'm seeing pictures at the ballpark at Alex Box. It's beautiful. And then I get an ESPN notification that the game is on weather delay when the sun is shining and it's it's beautiful outside. And they came out and said that it was because they wanted to play the game in its entirety. They did not want the game to have to be stopped due to weather. And because of incoming weather, they were going to delay it until 7 o'clock. And at 7 o'clock p.m., every 
storm that you can imagine decided it was going to hit Baton Rouge. <laughs> so they actually delayed the game into bad weather. Therefore, the game did not start until like 10 something. I went to bed because, like I said, not a lot going for me. Beauty sleep matters. And we w- I woke up a winner. But shout out to the NCAA. I mean, they just never stop making themselves look like dumbasses. I just they just do it for us at this point. When they when they rescheduled it, they were showing incoming rainstorms. Yes. No. Yeah. It wasn't like it was. It's not yeah. like this was. It wasn't a surprise storm. I mean, no. was, they rescheduled no. it to a time that a storm was scheduled to come through. Correct. And and at seven o'clock, you know, the game was supposed to start at two, and they moved it to seven. So in that five hour time span, it didn't rain one time. Yeah, I mean, they could have completed a the game. <laughs> they could have completed the game twice. But no, they decided to. To weather delay, I just can't. They're such dumbasses. They just make it so easy to make fun of them. I can't. All right, MBG, you look. You got your game face on here, man. Ooh, well, does. well, I decided to go out of the box today. Because that's go. worked so well previously. <laughs> hey, just just hang on. I'm going. I'm even going out of the continent for this one. What? I know. Because nothing today. in America has been working. Gotta <laughs> <laughs> I mean, try a different continent. <laughs> yeah, I'm gonna try to make a run at the Europeans. So, <laughs> uh, my genius of the week is a guy named David Berton from Belgium. This guy, I got this from the a New York Post article. It says, first paragraph of the article says this: A Belgian man pulled off the prank of a lifetime when he faked his own death and showed up to his funeral by stepping off a helicopter instead of being carried out of a hearse. So then it goes on to talk about how he, him and his family, his wife and his kids, faked his death so all of his other extended family and friends really thought he died. And then he shows up at the funeral and just walks out of a helicopter. And this was his explanation. He says, what I see in my family often hurts me. I never get invited to anything. Nobody sees me. We all grew apart. I felt unappreciated. So this guy, he felt unappreciated by his friends and family. So he decided to fake his death just to see who would roll out to his funeral. And he just walks out of a helicopter to see what the reactions would be. I'm sure they'll open him or welcome him with open arms now. After. <laughs> yeah, it said in the article he was surprised that some of them didn't take it so well. <laughs> That's something I would do when I was lacking attention. The band is never going to work, I'm telling you guys. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's not. So there you go. David Berton, the Belgium. Not, not to be confused with Davis Bertons right. from the right. Mavericks. David Berton from Belgium. I was going to say the Netherlands goalkeeper. <laughs> yeah, or that guy. I'm sure there's lots of David Bertons rolling around <laughs> Europe. All right, so I, I'm going with Baby Gronk's dad this week. <laughs> For those of you, I, I was peripherally aware of this Baby Gronk thing before last week, and I'm sure you guys know who this kid is. He's, he's a 10-year-old kid whose father has created this huge online presence by – making him out to be the next big thing in football. Uh, he's doing photo shoots with a bunch of big schools. Maybe, I can't remember if he did one at LSU or not. Yeah, with um, Libby Dunn. Yeah, that's right, with Libby mm-hmm. Dunn. That was like that, I think that was what kind of spurred this last latest round of press. But there was like a profile of the dad in The Athletic. 
And his dad's basically like a 5'9 dude who's still bragging about his high school football exploits. I don't know if you guys saw the article or not. And then there's a podcast episode where this kid is on the show with his dad. And his dad's feeding him lines, telling him what to, he's 10 years old. And he's got his kid on there saying stuff like talking about all the baddies who are in his DMs. I'm like, man, no, <laughs> like that, that can't be healthy. You know what I mean? He's basically like Marv Marinovich for the social media age, except for Marv Marinovich was like a captain at USC, won a natty. And this guy's like a five foot nine failed high school football player who's basically going to ruin his kid's life uh, for that. Baby Gronk's dad is my genius of the week. At what point do you realize that, and Joy and I were talking before the show, that we haven't given it any mind whatsoever, paid attention to it at all. At what point do you just stop? That you like you have to get slapped in the face to be like, you're ruining your kid. I didn't care. They, they, he, 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 yeah, I mean, he just, and it, the thing last week, I, I do feel bad for the kid. The thing last week is all these people like Will Compton and some other people who the dad had DM saying, hey, we got to hook up and do some baby Gronk content. And they're all posting the DMS like this loser needs to stop doing this. And I mean, it, it's, I think it's only further emboldening the dad to do it even harder. <laughs> so it's, uh, you know, I mean, cause he's getting a little attention now and you can tell he's, he's loving it. I mean, like those, it, it's like those Twitter uh, people that, you know, use their, never mind. Yeah. <laughs> Didn't even that was a good self-censor. Good job. Good job. Good effort. All right. So we'll see if, if MBG can break a streak this week. The answer's no. We don't have to see anything. I'm very good. optimistic. I think you got an uphill battle, MBG. We'll you, see, though. I'll, I'm hey, going to vote for it. David Burton. It's like 700 votes last week. I had 27. So MBG <laughs> beat that one. Casey, I love how you do the math. Yeah, every yeah, time. I need it's to awesome. know, like, how many of this. There's no in between for you. I feel like you either win or come in last. Oh, like, not even week. close last. Yeah. Like, I should have just shut up for this. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> All right. Before we get started on this week's message board post, we're going to give a quick shout out to CFB Home for sponsoring the MBG podcast. You can find them on Twitter at CFB Home and online at fifthquarter.net. Also, we're still doing a cross-promotion with the Sickos Committee podcast. They had a new show drop today, which was fantastic as always. The show included some classic Sickos content, including the norovirus, the colors of Gatorade, Big Ten scheduling, the 1936 Duke Blue Devils, college fight songs, jello shots, and much more. So give them a listen. All right, MBG, we have lined up for us. Well, we talked about uh, briefly the... 2024 SEC schedule reveal, um, and that is the same year that Texas and Oklahoma will enter into the SEC. Texas seems to be um, embracing it. Um, Oklahoma fans seem to have a little bit of trepidation about um, going into the SEC. And there were a couple couple of posts that illustrate that. The first one was from a guy named Jack G. Main on OU Insider. And he posted this after Oklahoma was unable to flip a recruit from Texas Tech. He says, we can't even flip players from Texas Tech. We effing suck. We're the next Nebraska. I forgot, even they beat us now. <laughs> and then that was before the schedule was revealed. And then after the schedule, the 2024 schedule came out, a guy named Sooner Chris 
51775 took a look at it and said this. Is this really what we want? How is this great? Just more losses per season and fewer conference championships. Is this what we want? Looks terrible to me, but the TV networks have bamboozled so many into thinking TV's interest is also yours. It's not. So uh, Oklahoma fans are starting to wonder if they really want to be in this fight. <laughs> you guys ever had a friend, either a man or a woman, who's like with a significant other who just made them a lot cooler, and then they got dumped, and they were just never the same again after that? <laughs> I feel like that's Oklahoma fans. Like, it's – I mean, we're past a year since Riley left, right, or at least close to a year. I feel like they just have not recovered still. Well, yeah, and they were, I mean, they were six and seven last year. Yeah. I mean, you know, there's six, six wins. I mean, you had UTEP, Kent State, and Nebraska were three of them. You know, and this year the schedule seems pretty light. We've got Tulsa, SMU, Arkansas State, Cincinnati, BYU, Central Florida. And then going into 2024, they got Alabama, Tennessee, Texas, Auburn, LSU, Ole Miss. That's quite an upgrade uh, for a team that was six and seven. So I can understand the trepidation there. <laughs> this reminds me of a story of my life in Beck's uh, Captain's Log, 1980, circa 1989. Six Flags Great Adventure had this new stand-up roller coaster in New Jersey. It was, it was called Shockwave. And so I was talking like I was big and bad with all the cute, pretty girls that I was going to go on Shockwave with them. They were eighth graders. So... I got in line. We waited in line for like two and a half hours. I was still talking trash. As soon as we get up front, I didn't want to go anymore. So I feel like this is Oklahoma fans. Like they were all talking big and bad and once and with and they wanted to be with the pretty girls. And then all of a sudden when they got to the front, they wanted to back out. Spoiler alert, I went on that roller coaster and I owned it. So come on, Oklahoma fans. I was hoping you got on a throw up so the analogy would just be perfect. <laughs> I about feed myself, but that's not part of the story, who's <laughs> Well, this guy seems to be peeing himself, and he's still two years out. The one thing they have going for him, I think they've recruited pretty well for the 2023 class. So 2024, 2025, they might be up to speed. But Here's the uh, problem. Every school they're going to play is also going to recruit just as good, if not better, yeah. than they are. So that's where their discrepancy happens. They've always been at the top of their recruiting – in the conference that they're in, and now you're coming to play where you're going to play the same, if not better, talent week in and week out. They're in for a rude awakening. The SEC said, y'all want to come play? Okay, we're really going to welcome you. And th their schedule's brutal. Yeah, like, if is. I was an Oklahoma, Oklahoma fan, I would be freaking out. It's like, bad. that schedule's – if you're in SEC school right now and that's your schedule, you're freaking out. Yeah. Like, that's brutal regardless of who you are. But for that to be your first season in the SEC – you're going to get a, a real quick awareness of what you've walked yourself into. I mean, before last year, they were pretty much guaranteed nine or 10 wins a year, right? In the big 12. I mean, it's, I, I know there are people out there who say the big 12 is just as good as the sec top to bottom. It's, it's not, I mean, it's just, it's, I don't think it's close to be honest. And they can't just walk. They're not going to just stroll to nine or 10 wins a year in the sec there. I mean, that schedule is a, <laughs> I mean, they, you know, like they're gonna have they're gonna have years where they win seven games. It, I mean, last year is not gonna be an ab that much of an aberration. Sometimes. Well, when they come in, I think we're gonna find out if the SEC how much better it is. I mean, everybody always 
says that it's so much better than the other leagues, but I think we'll we'll really find out for sure when Texas and Oklahoma get there. I know the top of the SEC is better than the top of the other leagues, but it's the middle and the bottom of the SEC that I'm not sure about. Oklahoma and Texas will uh, let us know right? Uh, how good the middle and the bottom of the SEC is, I think. It's going to be fun for the rest of us to watch anyway, right? I think so. I'm I think excited so. for one. I am thrilled. But staying on that topic, you would think that Georgia would be okay with, with things, given that they're back-to-back uh, <laughs> defending national champions. But they also were upset with the schedule, um, specifically that they have to play at Alabama. So there were a couple guys on Dogs HQ that were really upset about that. Uh, Coach Reggie Dunlap said, this is effing horse crap from the SEC. It appears Brooks, their AD, is carrying on the McGarity tradition of just letting the Alabama wing of the SEC screw over Georgia with regards to scheduling. Another guy, Coach Chad, says, this is horse crap. Fire Brooks tonight if this is how it goes down. How about we are sick of getting shafted out of home games, sick of giving thousands of dollars to get crapped on by our own AD and the SEC. This isn't being scared to play them. It's being sick of being crapped on by the powers that be. Then there was another post from another um, Georgia guy today talking about how they need to move the SEC headquarters from out of Birmingham to Atlanta so that um, Georgia quits getting screwed over by the SEC. So they're upset that they have to go to Alabama. I guess that they felt like because they won the SEC last year that they were going to get a favorable schedule. I'm not sure. This annoys me to no end, if I'm being really honest with you, because they're in the East, okay? Historically speaking, last year is not the year that you want to look at, but historically speaking, I think you all would agree with me, that the SEC West has been the gauntlet of college football. And the East has kind of been like, okay, you got two or three teams that could maybe potentially win it, but the West has always been more brutal. What, Casey? They only have one team that can win it perennially okay. in the East, and it's usually been either Georgia or Florida. Georgia or Florida. Now Tennessee's like getting into the mix of it. Yeah, so last year there was a there was a little bit of discrepancy. Better. Yeah, the West is brutal. So Georgia fans, no one, and I mean no one, feels bad for you. Shut the hell up. LSU has had to play Alabama year in, year out, going to Tuscaloosa, getting them at home. You have to go play them one year. This isn't even like firm and done. Like your schedule moving forward after 2024 hasn't even been touched yet, and y'all are already bitching about it. I am sick of it. Shut up. I know that it's been a cakewalk for y'all in the East, but I'm over it. You can go play Alabama like the SEC West big boys have been doing for decades. Shut up. If you're so good, go win in Tuscaloosa. Well, in their defense, no. the last time they played <laughs> Alabama in the regular season, it was in Tuscaloosa. But I, I didn't realize that they have only played Alabama. They played them in 2020 in the regular season and in 2015. Because you had to play an all-SEC schedule. You, they got forced into doing that. I can understand where the last time you played them was in Tuscaloosa. Okay, uh, maybe this time it would be in Athens. No, that's a crock a bowl. It's a crock. You think so, you just get to – you just, oh, we, we should get to blame them because we've won the last two natties. Now all of a sudden the world should revolve around us. Go bark at each other for all I give a crap, but shut up. 
with your you see the difference arrogance. between joy at eight o'clock and joy at 10 o'clock. Uh, I have a lot more energy <laughs> to just so, let you have it. So I'm in a, uh, a chat with a bunch of SEC folks and I asked today, I said, so what are the big takeaways from the SEC schedules? I'm supposed to be prepared to talk about this this evening. And an Alabama fan who I'm friends with responded, Georgia fans are a sense of a and don't have a reason to be. You could do an entire show about them and then some. So Correct. Amen. <laughs> I would say that she's she's in agreement with Joy as far as uh, how much Georgia fans have to complain about. And the other thing, too, is Georgia's schedule this year, I, even every Georgia fan I've seen would say. Cakewalk! Yeah, I mean, their schedule this year is so it, it's cake compared to some other SEC schools. Because so. they had Tennessee at home, and that's yes, about it. Their yeah. one hard game is at Tennessee. Yeah. Is it so, at? Yeah. It's at Tennessee. Because they had Tennessee at home last year. Remember, it rained in Stanford. So, they're at Tennessee, which is going to be their one challenge. Because you know Tennessee is just – those drunk people are just going to be insane. So, it's just going to be a hard environment to play in. I'm not saying they're not going to win. I think they'll win. But it's it, – their pretentious arrogance is insanity to me. It's almost like they've forgotten that they have not been on top of college football for that long. MBG, you've got a perfect segue right here. I, I, <laughs> I knew I you were the king of the segue. I do. We mentioned Tennessee. Joy seems to love Tennessee, but she seems to be one of the few because did you guys know that everyone hates Wait, hold Tennessee? up. Time out, time out, time out. We need to time out really quickly because I need to on record that I do not love Tennessee. Not even a little bit. Not even slightly close. Well, for apparently. Segue, for the segue. I, I get that it was for the segue, but I will not have this on record. <laughs> So apparently everyone, if not even Joy likes Tennessee. <laughs> there we go. There was a poster on BallQuest, the Navy Guy 44. He said it's a proven fact that the nation and the NCAA despises Tennessee. I did not know that everyone hated Tennessee, but apparently they do. And here's do you a, hate them in MBG? You know, I don't hate them. I went to a game at Tennessee one time and I was not treated well and I did not enjoy my time there, but I'm going to chalk that up as a one-off. Nope. That's, that's Tennessee um, in a nutshell. But I did not have a good time. We'll put it that way, but I do, I do not despise them, but this guy here has got four reasons why everybody does despise them. Number one claimed in coach K's last year, if he won his conference tourney, he climbed, four spots into a whole new seed bracket, didn't win his tourney, still climbed three spots. Tennessee won their tourney in convincing fashion, no movement. Two, Tennessee beat Bama, beat LSU and Vandy by a larger margin, common opponent, had had better wins overall, finished behind Bama in every poll. Three, Tennessee dominates college baseball for an entire season, gets put in the second hardest bracket. Four, now the SMU BS... Uh, I think that's Southern Miss uh, and not Southern Methodist. USM. Right. Yeah. Southern Miss, yeah. And then he says, I fully expect the NCAA to hammer us from the Pruitt stuff any minute now. So he's got evidence. It looks like everyone does hate Tennessee. I, mean, I want to walk through a brick wall. Tennessee fans I came wild out on, on Twitter and on message boards. I mentioned this. MBG and I were on the Go Big Redcast on Monday. Um, 
So I've been doing this jersey countdown on Twitter, like X number of days until UVA football. And then I post a picture of the guy who wore that jersey number. And like three days ago, posted a picture of our punter from 2000, 2001, who wore number 82. And some random Tennessee fan responded with, he ain't going to help you when we whoop your ass in week one. And I'm like, yeah, our 45-year-old punter from 2001, you're right, is not going to help us when we play you guys at week one. Just the the rabid response to to anything like that, you know, had nothing to do with Tennessee. But that's that seems to be a common denominator, at least in some of the interactions I see. I'm going to put it to you this way. And, and I'm going to leave it. I'm going to leave it there to marinate. Tennessee fans are dumb Ohio State fans. <laughs> Whoa. With a couple exceptions. We, we have a couple of friends. <laughs> I'm just saying, not, you know, onesie twosies that we love them, but <laughs> the ones we see on the message boards, the ones with some of them that go. we see on Twitter, like the gentleman or lady who responded to you. That's all. At least the Ohio State fans have, like, been in the playoffs recently. Like, at least they have been in games that have mattered. They've been in national championship situations. Tennessee hasn't even played in the playoffs. They're well, is that because come everyone out hates of the woodwork. Them. No, it's because they're just not that good. Just Their fans great, come you. out of the woodwork the year that they have like a decent season. And also, you dominated college baseball season last year, and then you lost. To Notre Dame. Like, you lost. Yeah. So I mean, um, you, it didn't matter what bracket you were in. You lost. If you were the best team in college baseball, you should have been able to get out of any bracket, but you didn't. You lost. Just throw that out there. And then this year, you you didn't dominate college baseball. There was a lot of talk about whether you were even going to make the NCAA tournament. Shout out to you for beating Clemson. No offense, Casey, but like Tennessee, you should have beat Clemson. Casey catches um, strays. <laughs> well, that's what he gets for picking Wake Forest. No mercy. I knew it was um, and now you're going to play the actual team that did dominate college baseball all season long. So maybe you're just not that good. Maybe y'all's arrogance has blinded you to what your programs actually produce on the field, and you can't actually see reality for what it is, which I understand you live in Knoxville. There's not a whole lot to do there. You're probably just bitter and delusional. But reality is, is a pill that y'all need to learn how to swallow. Joy said to me before the show, wow, we're, we're SEC heavy tonight. This is going to be fun. And she's delivered. Yeah, making friends. <laughs> <laughs> if there's anything I'm good at on this podcast. I feel like we're going to have to issue like a general apology at the end of this. <laughs> Why is it always like when I get passionate about things, it's always like, mm, we're sorry. Like we need to, we need to say we're sorry. But no, we don't, we don't get passionate on, about stuff. Baby Grog in South Carolina. Yeah. Right. Unless it's about these nuts and stuff like that, we don't get that passionate, you know? <laughs> <laughs> or Helen Keller, you know, we get passionate about the important stuff. <laughs> well, let's move out to the Pac-12 because I know we're all very passionate about the Pac-12. And um, this is where I stop talking. <laughs> <laughs> so our friends at Oregon, who look like they're going to end up stuck in the Pac-12, is what it's starting to look like. A guy on the Duck territory named DuckFan37. He's trying to figure out what some of their options are here. And he says, no one can know going to the Big Ten is a sure thing. What they're probably telling them is that the Ducks are too big a brand to fail 
doesn't matter if it's the, the Pac-12, the Big Ten, the ACC, the Big 12 are independent. The program is heading towards Notre Dame-type status as a huge brand. Not saying as big as Notre Dame, but heading in that direction. So our, our friends in Oregon, are they heading towards Notre Dame brand status? Yeah, I think they're going to get a TV contract with Lifetime. <laughs> So you guys on the East Coast, though, you guys grew up on the East Coast. Does Oregon register out there? They, I'll be honest, they do for me more than any other West Coast school. Oh, right? that's true. That's yeah. True. I mean, I and it could be because we we played a home and home with them about ten years ago. So I don't know if it's that or, but it, it, actually, I don't think it's that because we did it with USC like around the same time. So, I mean, they do register with me. I, cause they're, I think they're a big brand. I think the, I hate to say something nice about Notre Dame. I, I don't think they're even in the ballpark of Notre Dame, but I also don't, I mean, I don't think the brand is why they get a lot of good recruits. I mean, they have a ton of money, right? I mean, it's, they do. it's the Nike thing. It's the uniforms. Yeah. I mean, they, they market really well to kids. Yeah. And, you know, I, it was funny because when I went out to the 2014 Rose Bowl at Florida State and Oregon, I was like, I am so anti-Florida State. I'm going going to root for Oregon. Those people seem really nice. They weren't. Oh, really? <laughs> <laughs> they weren't nice at all. And, and I was like, wow. And I didn't say I was just watching. I didn't talk. Right. I didn't have a dog in the hunt. I was just watching the game. They were They were nasty. And it might have been a little bit of like little brother syndrome. That you know, you were looking for the attention that you thought you deserved. Florida State came in and was, you know, Jameis Winston and all hype, and they had Marcus Mariota and, and all that, those boys. So I don't know. Yeah, they've had some loaded teams. I mean, not, where do you guys think they're going to end up? That's, that's the big question for me. Like, I have no read on that at all. Well, it probably depends, up, depends on where Virginia and North Carolina end up. I think if Virginia and North Carolina end up in the Big Ten, I'm not sure that the Big Ten even worries about Oregon and Washington. I, I don't know. I mean, they might they might be stuck in the in the pack the pack twelve or whatever the pack's going to be. Did I mean, Did you see the article in the Athletic that said that? I don't think this. I don't see how this is true, but it said the two most desirable teams for the SEC and the Big Ten are Virginia and UNC. Which think I think outside of sports. Just to what's have- that? Think outside of sports academically. Yeah. Oh yeah, I just I don't know. I, I didn't think the SEC. I just it shocked me. So I don't I know. Think the SECs see. are Clemson and Florida State. They had to add to that too. That's that's what I thought too. But I, it was in the athletic, and then I saw something else. You probably just I think it was on three. Just probably cribbed the athletic article or ESPN. Maybe I can't remember which one. But yeah, I just assumed those two would be the SEC schools, and maybe Oregon ends up in the Big Ten. But yeah, that's. That's one of the big dominoes out there, right? With I don't have a, any idea how that one's going to end up. I just wish it would just play out already. All right? Like- yeah. <laughs> well, we'll see how big of a brand Oregon is. I mean, the one thing that tells me that they aren't as big a brand as they think they are is that they are playing a game at Utah State in 2028. <laughs> I don't think Notre Dame would find themselves playing in Logan, Utah. As much as I love Utah State, I don't think you'd see Notre Dame do that. I don't think you'd see USC do that. Um, I don't think you'd see any brand, big brand name teams playing in uh, Logan, Utah. So that would be my one argument against this guy here is that maybe he's not the brand 
the Oregon isn't the brand he thinks they are. Your out of conference schedule is no joke, man. Like, hey, you got to get that money. Yeah, you know, last year, you know, Iowa yeah. this year. Yep, got to make that money. Notre Dame's not going to bring their Louis Vuitton jerseys. And- <laughs> hey, I forgot they- about that. <laughs> I wish they would. I just don't see it happening now. If you found a tall guy to come tell me that it might happen, I'd tend to believe it. <laughs> King of the Segway. Uh, that was that was that was poor. No, here it's we probably- are. There's a guy on the Mississippi State message board on Gene's page named Colonel King, and they were talking about their athletic director. Their athletic director is Zach Selman, who used to play football for Wake Forest. Zach Selman. In Wake Forest, he played in 2007. He was listed as being 6'5", 250. So he's a big dude. And in talking about him, Colonel King says, I'm usually scared of tall, good salesmen in any line of work. They have presence that wins people over, but it doesn't mean they're good at their job. Malcolm Gladwell has a good chapter in one of his books about the flaw of voting for and trusting tall people who inevitably win elections. I'll typically trust short, fat people in higher-ranking jobs over tall salesman types. I know that the short, fat guy likely didn't get the benefit of the doubt and therefore had to earn his way every step. So this guy, Chuck, went up for short, fat guys. Apparently, they are more honest and believable than you tall guys. We, well, I shouldn't we found say. Mark, found Mark Mangino's burner. we've got to mention them at least every other episode right (laughs) which i tried to verify this i couldn't find any uh malcolm gladwell quotes what what i did find what i did find was astonishing might be astonishing for some people us tall guys like me uh, (laughs) it only reaffirmed what i already knew but apparently malcolm gladwell said that in 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 the general American population, 3.9% of adult men are six foot two or taller. Among my CEO sample, almost a third were six foot two or taller. And then he goes on to talk about that tall people make more money, about $800 more an inch. They have higher IQs, better social skills. (laughs) (laughs) It does. So, I guess this only also solidifies Joy's uh, desire for partner of over six feet tall. Um, it's six two. Six and, two. But he is right though. I I don't trust them. <laughs> they're, they're not very trustworthy. <laughs> Hence why I'm single. So <laughs> maybe I need to start going for the short men that don't get everything handed to them. Look at Casey. Just kidding. That's what, never going to happen. I'm, Casey, Casey's I am, shaking his head no. What do I'm you way do too... with tall fat guys? Where do they, where do they fit in? You're not asking, in the Venn diagram. Asking for a friend. Well, I kind of like that That this guy is scared of tall, good salesmen. That, that's kind of a a random thing to be scared of. Do you all have any anything random that scares you? I've got a couple. I was curious about you guys. Say yours, and I'll think of something. For me, sure. For me, it's just <laughs> owls. owls. Owls freak me out. <laughs> Freaking, have you ever seen an owl just sitting in a tree? So, yeah, their whole neck goes can go all dude, the way those, around. Yeah, those things freak me out. Have you seen a baby owl before? 
I don't think so. There was something on Twitter a couple years. Look look it up. They look like little aliens. There's a picture of these baby owls that ended up in this person's closet. And they oh, like, they do look creepy because it's yeah, like their eyes like, are their eyes are already fully formed, but their bodies yeah, aren't. Super, so they're just they like, look like yeah, they look like little aliens. Yeah, owls are the worst. <laughs> That's what I was hoping for. Something completely random like that. I'm deathly afraid of being alone in a house. <laughs> I thought you were just gonna say being alone, and I was gonna be sad. No, but... <laughs> <laughs> like, the house I live in, it, there's a knock every night at my window, and I don't know if it's just a dumb bug. Or if it's some ghost, it's not going to say hello. And so you I don't have cameras out there. <laughs> I would have cameras set up so fast if that was one hundred percent. I'd have a ring camera on every window, <laughs> just right next to my nightstand. Oh, yeah, mine are pickles. I had a bad pickle incident in nineteen seventy three that I haven't recovered from. And this one's common, but clowns just scare the absolute <laughs> out of me. I so if I see a pickle eating clown, I'm just I'm, I'm running. <laughs> <laughs> I don't like snakes. Snakes are like the one thing I just can't do. Yeah, we don't get too many of those here in the city, so that's good. We just get, you know, murders and rats. So it's. I mean, the city <laughs> of New Orleans. I'm also scared of the city of New Orleans. That's a fair <laughs> one. And hurricanes. I can make a list. <laughs> Sounds like you're in the wrong place, Joy. No, the actual <laughs> storm. Well, there's I'm a reason I don't Boulder. live there anymore. I did move to where they bark at people. Are you scared of pickles? Me? Who, me? No, who's? You're like dill pickles, sweet pickles? I ate a pickle in a Hardee's restaurant when I was four and just booted all over the place. And it's I think it's one of those things where animals, if they eat something and they get sick, it's like an adaptive response, right? So they don't eat stuff that's poisonous or whatever. I, I cannot be around pickles. Like 50 years later, I still, it still freaked the hell out of me. I got the same same reflex with Jim Beam. <laughs> when you were four? Is that? Me <laughs> <laughs> with Fireball. Oh, I love Fireball. Me with milk. <laughs> <laughs> MBG, did, did you have too much milk one night? Is that is that what happened? No, I just don't like milk. Okay. <laughs> That'll do it for this week's episode of the MBG Podcast. Don't forget to subscribe and leave us a review. You can check out more content at messageboardgeniuses.com. And we'll see you next time, losers. Uh-huh.